3: Day show Hugh Douglas, Show, Gilio, 215 592 9494. Coming up in the one o'clock hour, we will have Nick Siriani and Howie Roseman speaking out in Indianapolis. We're going to have Elliot join the show coming up in about a half hour. He's live there too. We sent Elliot to Indianapolis. ESP. That's how you know. Big things are going on. We sent Elliott out. And the Eagles don't even have a high pick. 22nd? I mean, that, like I could see if we had a top five pick. we got to send him there no matter what. We sent him there for the 22nd pick in the draft. All right, Elliott joins us coming up in about a half hour. We'll let you hear what Patrick Beverly said about Embiid in a few minutes, too. Oh. This, this one caught us off guard. And we're like, let's not let this slip through the cracks here. Back to your phone calls, though. A lot to react to. Did we overreact? to the end of the Eagles season, the drama, the rumors, the locker room stuff, and, of course, the Marcus Hayes article, which we uh, we talked about earlier with the idea that maybe Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, some guys getting preferential treatment from Sirianni and the coaching staff. Jennifer is up next on WIP. Hey, Jennifer.
0: Hey, how are you? Hey, Jennifer.
3: Good, Jennifer. What's up today? What are you feeling?
0: Um, First, I just want to tell you, I really enjoy listening to you guys. You make my workday go so fast, and I'm a first-time caller, so thanks for that. Thanks for your show. we appreciate
3: you being part of it, Jennifer. What are you thinking today?
0: Well, first, I wanted to comment on AJ calling in. I think it was great that he called in, that he wanted to try to clear the air, express his frustration about what has been put out there by whatever, whomever. Though I do think WIP was not guilty of putting out false narratives or spreading rumors or telling bogus stories. I think WIP discusses or reports on what they see or hear, good or bad, and then opinions and observations are expressed and discussed and the conversations had, and they may be negative, but they're also positive. I mean, I think that's the nature of a sports talk radio show.
3: Jennifer, I um, agree. Uh, and one, when when AJ talked about how, we're supposed to ride for the Eagles and all that kind of stuff. I, not all the time. Yeah, and I think we do. It's just a matter of, of how we feel at the moment, right? Like if someone uh you know, called it and said, I think they should trade AJ for this player, th- the idea is to make the Eagles better, right? It doesn't mean no one's riding for the Eagles. I just think sometimes athletes hear and see stuff and they take it the wrong way when it's it's just really a, a conversation among fans. That's what we do here.
0: I agree. And I, I did want to make a comment about the Marcus Hayes article, mm-hmm. um, specifically the timing of that. Um, I think it's interesting that what was reported or what was told to Marcus Hayes anonymously was told to him after the Arizona game. And then this weekend, as I understand it, it was then he was told, I guess, he could release mm-hmm. what was told to him. And that came off the heels of AJ talking. Right. Yes. So it's interesting to me or just curious, the timing of that. And that, you know, one of the points made by this anonymous veteran Eagles player was that, you know, Brian Johnson was intimidated by A.J. (laughs) And I just it just is just a curious thing to me, the timing of that. This information reported to Marcus Hayes anonymously. And I don't think anonymous sources should be discredited because they want to remain anonymous. There's reasons why, oftentimes, forces want to remain anonymous. But I just think it, it's an interesting thing—the timing of it. And I do too. Yeah,
3: Jennifer, that's a really good point. And Jennifer, we appreciate your phone call and appreciate listening. So it is interesting, right? So AJ comes on Friday. He talks about how he's a leader. He's the vocal leader. He all he wants to do is win. All that, and that's great. And then two days later. The quote that was said in December is allowed to be released and it paints AJ as maybe the coaching wasn't hard enough on him. It actually it kinda changes a little bit of the, the change the narrative.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And I that's why I, like and she's right. We should never shame the person for being anonymous because they have reasons. But I, I also feel like in football, like there's a man code. And I know that might not fly for a lot of people and that might sound ridiculous for a lot of people, but I feel like <laughs> football, for me, was the one true man sport that was left outside of hockey. Like shout out to them hockey players. There's some tough SOBs right there. I ain't going to lie. But when you talk about being accountable for your actions and credibility with 22 guys on the roster that are starters, mm. I, I feel like football is that last bastion of where you can actually be that. And for you to be anonymous and feel, be in your feelings about the preferential treatment or something like that, I just find it kind of ridiculous. But she's right. She's right. And I I know that I need to kind of change my way of thinking. But, boy, that's still – I'm still uncomfortable with the fact that somebody has enough nerve to say that and not put their name on. What do you think
3: leads to that, Hugh? Like, from your experience, why do you think it happened? My guess would be that a player was frustrated for a while, right? Like, maybe try to do it the right way, go to the coach, you know, speak up in a meeting, and maybe it it didn't change anything, and then they eventually get frustrated and just – pop off to a reporter and say it's off the record, but then two months later say, you know what? Screw it, put it on the record. Uh probably. But
4: you know what? A lot of times from from the era that I grew up in, I'm just gonna say that because this is I understand that this is different. But from the era that I grew up in, the way that you were treated at practice was earned. Remember <laughs> I remember Reb, Irvin Fryer, Irv, Charlie Garner, like a couple guys, when I first got here to Philadelphia, there was only certain times that they practiced. Charlie Garner was, was that dude when he was here, and I remember vividly. We would be in practice, and Charlie Garner would run like one or two plays and be like, "Deuce, come get these reps. And nobody would say anything because Charlie Garner at that point had earned that cachet.
3: Well, you could use it now. Kelsey gets rest days, and BG yes. gets rest days, yes. and Fletcher gets like rest. Like certain yeah.
4: guys that have put in that work, that put in that work, been in the trenches, they got certain days off. And you didn't question that because – that's what you strive to be. Irvin Fryer was a, a guy like that. I remember when I first got here, he used to have days off from practice because he was Irvin Fryer. And I remember vividly thinking, like, damn, I, one day I'm going to be that guy. Like, one day I want to be that guy. And, and just thinking how much, much he's done in this league for him to have that kind of cachet. It was, a, it was one of those things where I looked at it as that's what you strive to be, one of those vets. That you know you put in work on Sunday, and you didn't have to do as much. I remember my last year here before I went on my vacation in Jacksonville. I got hurt during one of the games. I hurt my knee, and I didn't practice for the like when, when from the time I got hurt until the end of the year, I didn't practice. I would ride the bike, and 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 I would do everything that I needed to do to get ready to play on Sunday, but I didn't practice. I would do my cardio and everything that I needed to prepare to play on Sunday, and and I had earned that right because I played my ass off on Sunday. Like, players need to realize, man, that when you're a baller, you're going to get treated different. It and, and, and the thing that bothers me the most is that you act like you just walked into this. Like, I'm pretty sure whatever college you went to, that there were ballers, especially in this NIL world, that probably rolled up in Lamborghinis. That that had nil money, where they were making millions of dollars. I don't know how how you know how old this person. I'm just saying, but that's how it is now. It was one college recruit that I saw yesterday that plays for for the Miami Hurricane. Bought a house for his mama, brand new house, like that. With nil money. With yeah. nil money. That's the era that we're living in, and this guys out there. One of the biggest worries were that you know some of the offensive linemen weren't going to get paid as much. But the point that I'm making is this: there's a pecking order to everything, especially in 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 athletics. And for you not to realize that, or getting your feelings about that because you feel like you're playing at the highest level, to me that's foolish. That is foolish to me. And and another thing, for you to go through what this season was being, what this season turned out to be, and depict that moment to to air your grievances after you just got your ass kicked by the Arizona Cardinals to say, well, Jalen doesn't get treated the same way. That blows my mind.
3: Yeah, it is. It, well, it's. it's it's certainly noteworthy that that was the moment, and the story comes out today. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Moving forward, and I, you know, Sirianni and How we're going to talk today. If You could ask them one question with truth serum. You know they're going to answer correctly. I mean, we've got a lot of good responses so far, including, you know, was there really an issue in the locker room? Here's what I would say to this story today with the Marcus Hayes thing. Hugh, they got to either rid this locker room of the players who feel this way, right? And I don't know if they could figure out who's the one speaking. There's not a name attached, but they might have an idea they got to get rid of these guys who aren't on board, or the coach has to do it a little bit differently. They have to figure this out because it's not great if if people feel that way. Whether they should or not, that's a different, separate thing. 215-592-9494. Let's go to the phone lines here. Let's go to Ryan the Northeast. Hey, Ryan. Ryan.
5: Hey, guys. How you doing?
3: Good, Ryan. What are you feeling today?
5: Good, man. Listen, I don't mean to take away from the show, but you you keep staying on this uh, preferential treatment. We're not talking about that, you know. We're not talking about Embiid being able to come to the game ten minutes before or cherry pick the schedule. For who he wants to play verse or like eat Chick Fil A at practice. We're not talking about that. They're talking about AJ being able to and quote this from the article: intimidate the coach, intimidate your boss. Listen, I-, I had plenty of coaches I could have knocked out that were horrible. But but wait but a minute. What what, what but
4: but what is the, what is your definition of intimidation? Because I I don't no, know. No no no. What I'm saying is. He's a problem. This guy's in the center. No, but of but my my point is this: Listen. what what is what is what is that person's definition of intimidation? Because if, no, 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 if, I, don't, I don't want to stay on that. I don't want to stay on that. No, part but of you brought it. but, but you saying, brought it up. But Ryan, you exactly. brought it up, and i and I want to
5: address because it because if any that, coworker for any reason thinks that another coworker is intimidating their boss, and they said this was a veteran member of the roster, they didn't say this was some rookie like that one caller said, or some guy trying to make a the team. They said this was a veteran, accomplished player that said. Treated different. Meaning, I got in the quarterback's face. Nobody did nothing. All this stuff. Look, Jalen had two ways to handle that. Punch him in the mouth or ignore him. And I think he chose ignore him. And you guys can say whatever you want for that, but that's the only two ways a man can handle that.
4: See, I didn't get that from the story. When, I, when he said intimidating. i
5: talking about what we've seen on TV. First of all, first of all, so, so first Ryan, of all, Ryan. So Ryan.
4: Take the bass out your voice, bro. It's it's not it's not oh, that you, serious. How
5: coming to you like that?
4: No, sure. <laughs> no, no, But bro, it's, okay, so it's Ryan, Do, do no, you mean right? It's not that serious,
5: bro. I think Ryan, are you referencing I I I are I you? That
3: you that no, no. It's just a conversation. You, are you referencing on the, on, the, on the? I'm talking yeah, about yeah, sideline yeah, AJ and Jalen against but Minnesota games.
5: We were winning. Yeah, but wait a minute. It didn't matter when we already clinched. But wait a field minute. Position. but, but like, who's a minute.
4: Ryan. But wait a minute. Like I don't. I don't see that as a negative because that's passion.
5: The like Titans, I, I hear what you... the Titans gave him to us for nothing. You don't question
4: that. The t- because they're stupid. They can't away no, a few players. Not.
5: Here's the thing: if we're a contender, he's worth putting up with it. I agree with you guys. But if we're going to be five hundred, get him out of town. It's just like Embiid. We're not winning nothing. Get rid of him.
4: See, I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't. I hear well, what you're saying. Ryan. nowhere.
5: Look, you don't need a source. You got me. I told you this guy was a sucker when they were five and zero. Oh.
3: Well, Ryan, I had to remember but, that phone call. But,
4: Ryan, but kind, you and I'm kinda, not an
5: anonymous source. Put my but, name but, on it, Ryan right? from the Northeast. But Ryan, I respect your nah, opinion. I, but
4: Ryan, you kind of hater, though, dog. You kind of hater. No, him I'm him not though. a hater.
5: I'm knowledgeable. <laughs> I pay
4: attention. Embiid's late, twenty nineteen. No, but I'm not talking about Embiid. I'm if talking MB, about. I'm talking about AJ Brown, I'm and I don't get both that. Both of them, they're cancers. I, I'm not talking about Joel Embiid. I'm talking about AJ Brown, and he's not. I don't think he's a cancer. And to say Joel Embiid's a cancer, I don't know about that one either. Well, A.J. Brown's allergic to the end zone. When's the last time he scored a touchdown? A.J. Brown's allergic to the end zone. When's the last yeah, time they threw it When's well, the last He time quite they threw it quite a Two, to two on, years Ryan. ago. Yeah,
3: Ryan, Ryan, we appreciate it. And look, Ryan's entitled to his opinion. Here's what I will say about uh, the A.J. and moving forward. He's going to be on this team, right? He, he said it. he wants to be here. I don't imagine they would look to move on from him. He's a tremendous football player. And I gave him credit for calling in, and I think it was awesome radio, and I think it's really cool that he cleared the air. If I were to say one thing, though, about – a worry moving forward, not about his play. Hugh, he, he's a great football player. He he needed to clear the air on WIP, right? The other day? That's what mm-hmm. he wanted to do. And that is off of two seasons he's been here, where they've won 25 total games, made the playoffs both times, and been to a Super Bowl. I do I do think he needs to find a way to not let the noise get to him. Because if what if they're not as good moving forward? What if he's not as good? You, like the noise isn't going to get quiet. No, it's not going to get quiet. So
4: I just hope he can handle and people, all of this and people feel the way that they feel. I like the reason why because Ryan Ryan very passionate call. Thank you for that. But I think the reason why you feel the way that you feel is because of the way that the season went. But I I don't take that one moment that I saw him on the sideline at AJ's. I mean in, in uh, Jalen's face and automatically label label him a canc- cancer cancer. They had they were good enough when AJ got here to make it to the Super Bowl. And there was no issues. Like there were no issues. And I know that part of that is because they're winning. But even when this thing was going south, AJ Brown took it upon himself. Like he probably was disgruntled and unhappy. But outside of that one moment, that's the only moment that we can all point to and say, okay. That's the moment where it went south. Yeah, you know what
3: else stood out to me just in general with this conversation with the article? It does feel even stronger than Sirianni is so tied to how good his coordinators are. Because two years ago, this worked, right? Mm-hmm. Same guys. It all worked. It worked with Steichen. It worked with Jonathan Gannon. This year, for whatever reason, between the Kevin Bayard, I'm going to do my own scouting reports, this article where it seems like some players thought that Hurts and, John, and uh, Brown could do what, kind of whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. It does feel like the coordinators are so gigantic for this team because if they respect the coordinators, like they, I think they, they did two years ago. They would
4: not have these it, issues.
3: And last year, yeah. for whatever reason,
4: Johnson and Decide, they just. You it, beat me to it. Yeah. That, that's where I was going. Because, like, when you, when you say intimidate, like a good example of that is, like my boss used to say this all the time, he said, I, I was afraid of dogs when, when I was in Atlanta. He said, I I like if I saw a dog at least I was afraid. I don't know why I'm afraid. The dog ain't did nothing to me, but I'm afraid. You can't help the fact, like, I've been called intimidating just because you walk in a room. Don't let your insecurities like don't don't project your insecurities on me. And maybe that's what AJ was doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe his, the way he was talking, or maybe the fact that he came in with his shoulders pushed back and his head up. Maybe that was intimidating to Brian Johnson. So so to me, Ryan, when you when you say intimidating, you got to give me something more than just just saying the dude's intimidating. I've heard that many a times. Just walking the room, oh, he's, he looks intimidating. I ain't said nothing to nobody, but I'm intimidating. So you got to give me a little bit more when you just say the dude's intimidating. Why? Because when you're talking to him, he pushes back a little bit. You know, you're an offensive coordinator. This is the job that you signed up to do. And if you – I look at it like it's like prison rules, bad analogy time. When you walk if you walk into prison, Joe, the first thing you need to do, you need to go slap the biggest dude across the lip and take his jello. That's the first thing that you need to do. Let them know you bought that action.
3: I'm writing this a uh, no, You need uh, to write it down. It's a note. Like You're, you know what I'm just saying. In case things go bad. I'm just saying, if you ever to go do. to prison, yeah.
4: you need to walk into that prison, find the biggest dude there, slap him like bow, and take his jello. How don't think that's going to work Let out for me. Uh, but listen, it don't matter cuz you got the jello. <laughs> and you you let them know you ain't you bought that action that's all that matters like you might take a L but you gotta. I you might gotta, take a. Death. You gotta set the precedent. You An start. L. The last L I ever took. <laughs> I'm just saying. You gotta set the precedent. You gotta set the precedent, man. I hear you. I hear. All right. Not two the, one not five. Not the president, but the precedent.
3: Precedent. Kyle, I, Kyle missed that one. No, he never he missed any. it. He missed oh, him. did he good? All right. Two one five five nine two. <laughs> did not miss it. Ninety <laughs> four ninety four. All right. Speaking of precedent, and somehow Joel and Beat came up this segment. I mean, I, I guess our last caller compared Joel and AJ. I don't. I don't think they're very comparable. But I understand, like. People we would just get frustrated at. Whatever. So listen to this. So Patrick Beverly, he's had a lot to say since he left Philadelphia. Came back and it was part of the Bucs' uh, win on Sunday against the Sixers. So so Pat Bev talking about Joel Embiid and kind of what his priorities were. This uh, this slipped through the cracks a little bit, but nothing really slips through the crack. We find things. Here it was. Pat Bev talking about Joel.
6: I told Joe don't play two weeks before
4: that because he How was hurt. You? Okay. I'm going to play San Antonio Spurs, bomb team, Charlotte, bomb team. You feel me? I know I got to make sixty-five games. I got to see how the f- I'm gonna make sixty-five games to get MVP. Also to get millions and millions and millions of right, dollars and incentives. Escalators
6: with the you know all the NBA
4: stuff. I'm l- l- witnessing people spray numbing spray on this man knee during the game. Like Viox. I'm all. like, what the f- is that? A f- I've never seen before. Just to get through the third quarter, people don't understand. He was giving f- thirty and forty and three quarters because that's all he had. Oh wow. Pat Bev doing it like that. When they start spraying, spray, spray, what the what is Tordal spray what are they talk? I don't need it right now, you know. I go to Q C Medics, but I'm intrigued by the Tordal spray. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I gotta tell you guys. I get you know, Kyle, I get caught up on the wrong part of the story. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get caught up on the wrong. When part. people
3: call in and they they say they think Joel's all about himself and his numbers, this is the kind of stuff that like. Yeah,
4: Pat Bev kind of took took us behind the velvet rope on that I w- one, didn't I, w-
3: I want to fight back. I don't believe. I don't want to believe that's what he he prioritizes because he said last year now it's about winning a championship. But then you hear that story, and boy, and Maury may have erred there. Just he may have erred trading this guy because he this guy will unload all the all sound, the family secrets. Like, listen,
4: Whew. I respect him saying it, but he do a little bit sound like a scorn lover. Though. He, well, he does, yeah. <laughs> This is, this is like the third time he's ripped the Sixers in two weeks. <laughs> why y'all let me go? I'm telling everything. I'm telling it all.
3: But that leads you to wonder, like, how hurt was he? For how long was he hurt? And he was just trying to, it does. to patch when you, it when you through say that, to win yeah. an MVP or to get to 65 games. I mean, it, it even like, it gave me a chill listening to him. The, the idea that he would try to get through against the bad teams so he could rack up numbers. It's like, man, why can't we focus on what really matters here?
4: And, and, you know, all this time I thought they would, he was trying to save himself for, you know, a playoff run. That's crazy. Poor or, naive or, or, little Hugh, man. You know what, man? I, I, I still have hope and believe that you I know, know, you some do. guys are still in it for the, the, the ring. For what really matters? Yes. But you know what's funny? Like, the narrative, especially in basketball, because who was it? Was it Dame Lippler or somebody was talking about how championships aren't that important for your legacy? I think it was Dame Living. It's usually people that don't win titles that say that. Well, there's that. But the narrative in the NBA, th- th- this was the story. And, and I remember it was a podcast that I was kind of looking at. And it was like the narrative in the NBA now is that your legacy shouldn't be tied to how many championships you have. I don't know how I feel about that because, to be honest, a lot of players probably feel like that nowadays. And it sounds like Joel Embiid might be one of them. But uh, that's, that's crazy to me.
3: Yeah, it's it's what you say it's when you don't have a ring. I grew on your up in a different
4: era. I grew up in a different era, man. I
3: yeah, still, I we I we both I did. still get
4: sick when I see cats that, you know, we should have beaten the Super Bowl or you know, things like that and they pull out rings. Ugh.
3: The but whole point is to a win a ring. Sick philly It's the whole point. No. Sick we I've I've heard a, I actually I've heard some more of this lately that we we've we've gone too far with the ring culture that it's yes. not all about the rings. Yes it is.
4: I I, <laughs> I would think so. That's I mean the for whole me it, yeah,
3: yeah. Why do we watch sports to see if our team could win a championship? We don't watch sports to say this guy was good. Like, there's a lot of good players. I mean, that—that's the reality of it. Let's grab one more call, and then we got Elliot coming up. All your calls as well, Rabbi Saul in the Northeast. Hey, Rabbi Saul. Hey, how are you? Good, Rabbi. How are you doing?
7: Hurts has to assert himself. He's got to stop. He's not a rookie anymore. This is his fourth year. He's got a man up and tell him, "Listen, guys, I'm the quarterback." I'm going to run the show. I want you guys to get in line. We're going to win this thing. And he's got to talk like that, with encouragement.
3: And you know what, Rabbi, so I also think he has to show the rest of the guys that he's on board with the coach, too, because if he's on board, they'll follow him. I I think it felt to me like he may not have believed the message anymore, so I think it's very easy for the other guys not to believe the message either. I see. All right. You got it, Rabbi Saul.
7: You think they're going to get that cornerback?
3: Uh, Ligarius Sneed? I hope so. And look, they have enough cap room, Rabbi. We're going to talk to Elliot coming up here in a couple of minutes, and we appreciate you, Ligarius
4: Sneed, Hugh, I, the
3: more I I I think
4: about, I'm this. I'm okay with that. Woo! Like I, I've I've been Get beating the in. drum. I've been beating the drum for the last couple of weeks about letting the young cats play. It took one big free agent rumor. No, I'm just to, saying, Matt Hughes, Mr. No, Moneybags. No, 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 listen, throw it at him. Okay, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm saying, I like the, I like his style of play. Me too. And I think that his style of play. To be infectious and permeate the, the rest of the young cats. I also like that he can cover. This yeah, is this... that that that's the big part. <laughs> like when I say style of play, I'm definitely All talking about the cover part too. But well, just the aggressive, like the aggressive being able to press and and being physical yeah. at the line of scrimmage. Do you know how much that helps out a defense? Like to have a corner that can play the way that he plays the game. Like that gives me goosebumps thinking of the numbers that if he's here. That a sign Reddick could put up next year. Well, and think
3: about the receivers, uh, luxurious theme we're talking about from the Chiefs free agent here. Put, think about the guys he went up against in the playoffs, and he basically took them all out of the game. Tyreek Hill, I know he had one play, in, in but that's all he did in the in the game against the the Chiefs. Then it was Stephon Diggs. Then it was Zay Flowers.
4: He he rose to the occasion, man. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like the way he plays.
3: Debo and Ayuk were invisible in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah. He was incredible. That that guy is a a baller. 215-592-9494. All right, we'll come back. Your phone calls here. Have we overreacted to the end of the Eagles season with all of this stuff? I think we have. They just weren't that good, and it kind of came out in the wash by the end of the season. We've looked for all these other reasons why. We'll talk to Elliot, who's live in Indianapolis. What does he expect? And coming up, Next hour on the show, live, we'll go to Indianapolis for Sirianni and Howie, their press conference, all coming up on the midday show, Sports Radio 94 WIP.
4: ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in game wagering, cross sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle.
2: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Oh, this is perfect, isn't it, Hugh? You like this one? Nah, no,
4: not at all. Max streets a fan.
3: back. All right. Well, no, you know it's it's probably. it's
4: like like seriously, all jokes side. I know this is this is like Elias jam, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's a good jam. All the songs start the same. You could play any one of these songs and all I hear is the same beat and undertone.
3: I try to tell you it's like a fine wine. The more you drink it, you can <laughs> yeah. you can appreciate the difference. No, I'm, I'm saying
4: it's, it's the same guitar riffs, the 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 same beat. It's just like uh, wow. Not always, I mean. Kind of same. Come on. Now come on with this. You no, know, it's, it's not the, not the, the same. Appreciate song. this one. It starts off slow, but let it play. Is this I want it that way? Yes. See, that, job, see that's see, what I'm saying. You are already Listen, that it play, but it sounds just like the, they just slowed down the beat from the last one. this I is ain't my, lying. This is my favorite one, by the way. No, stop. No, it, this this one is my tell favorite one. Go and have some something, son. Don't pretend you don't know, you know the words. What? This is huge. This is or next Hugh karaoke. Because I saw, I, agree. It. I saw it on the commercial. You can't tell me that's not the same beat. Yeah, you know you Just played. right there. The beat that was. You're on a little bit.
3: I tried to Yeah, tell but you, you could you could say that about a Howie no, Rosen press conference, no. but then you pick out
4: little things. <laughs> no, that are a little different. But all of their songs sound alike, man. I'm not li- I'm not hating. Yeah. They do so- all sound alike. <laughs> they all sound when amazing. you have a great play in football, you keep running. I didn't it. say they weren't amazing because they saying. made a lot of money, but they do they all sound alike. All right. Well, every, every interview with Elliot's your person. Elliot's who, gonna stop coming on with who, me. Who, by <laughs> the way,
3: is live in Indianapolis. <laughs> they don't all sound the same. But they all are great. Elliot joining us right now. Elliot. What's up?
8: Man, I, I want it that way. as like an all-time wedding song, too. You put it that is. thing on at a wedding, like, the people go crazy. So it's, it's classic, man. No need to change what isn't broken. I agree with that. Now,
3: unfortunately for the Eagles, they got to make some changes here, because it broke towards the end of the season. You're in Indianapolis. Howie and Sirianni are going to speak today. All right, let me ask you it this way, Elliot. If you could ask them one thing and you knew you would get an honest, true answer, what would you ask them?
8: It's a great question. I have two, but I'll go with the one. I think that if you, you if they were on true sermon, I was going to get the honest answer. It would be, do you feel the same way about the way things are trending with Jalen that they did with Carson? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the leadership stuff that we hear with Jalen reminds me a lot of what happened with Carson. Now, I think there's obvious differences in terms of health and, and all those things. But I, I just wonder behind closed doors if they are like. Feeling like they're entering the same situation. So if they were to answer one question completely honestly, I think that would be it. I'd also be interested in like the blitz issue and how they feel about that. But I think the jail in question would be my number one.
4: You, you know what? I, I'm, I'm curious now, Elliot. Are, are you number one? Are you going to the press conference? And if you are, I have a question that if you can I sneak it in, that that I would remind you asking. Ask them or ask Kosiriani. Why does he need Big Dom to keep him in check? Can you think you could throw you can you could throw that one in there for me?
8: Yeah, I'll see what I can do. I might not phrase it exactly like that, but I'll see if I
4: can. Uh, What's wrong? If I can Wait a minute, that. hold up. What's wrong with the way I phrased it? No, it's fine. I'm just, It's, a, I'm just it's a little aggressive. It's too aggressive. It's no, too I, aggressive. I
8: think it's, look, I think it's a, it's a fair question. I mean, obviously off the report last week uh, from Derek Gunn, I just, to me, the, the big Dom thing, and look, I think Derek Gunn is on the Mount Rushmore of Eagles reporters, so mm-hmm. I completely believe what he's reporting, and I believe people in the Eagles think that if that's what Derek's reporting. I would just say... That of Nick and Nick Sirianni and Big Dom, only one of them got suspended half the season for something they did on the sideline. So like this idea that Big Dom was was keeping Nick under control, I think there's truth to it to a certain extent. But you know, I think the sideline was a mess for a lot of reasons last year, and I don't I don't think like pinning it on Nick is is fair.
3: Elliot, you brought up a few minutes ago, and I kind of wondering if they're feeling the same way about the Jalen situation as they did a few years ago about the Carson one. Elliot, let's kind of. Use this situation and look at what they did last time. And one of the things they did, they kind of kept guys around that maybe weren't on board with Carson and tried to hope the whole thing would work. I'll just use Alston Jeffrey as the big example right? They had that that photo op at the Sixers game. Everything's fine here, guys. No, no, <laughs> nothing to see. Elliot, if if they know there are some players here that maybe don't love Jalen or there were some issues there, Do you think they'd be more apt this time to move on? And I'm not even speaking about A.J. Brown. I know he's just the name everyone thinks of, but not even A.J. Brown, just anyone. Do you think they'd be apt to move on and say you're either on board with the quarterback we paid or you're not part of our team? What what do you think about that?
8: I don't think they will move on from people because of Jalen. So you bring up the Alshon thing, which which I think is, is a good example. But on the flip side, I would say I think when Carson was here at the end, they kept a lot of people around because of Carson, right? I mean, the, the coaching staff, I think Carson has some influence in terms of Press Taylor. You've already seen them do uh, something differently with that with Brian Johnson. And another example, and this guy didn't stick around, but I do believe part of the reason they moved on from Malcolm Jenkins was so that uh, they could have Carson get a bigger voice in the locker room because Malcolm was such a natural leader and had such a, you know, people naturally gravitated towards him. I think that was probably a mistake. So I, you know, I think that moving forward and you've seen already this off season, I don't think they're going to take Jalen's, feelings into consideration now he's the franchise quarterback I'm sure you know they want to do things to help him but I don't think it's going to be like this guy doesn't like jail and he has to leave Elliot lots of extra cap
3: room for every team not just the Eagles but the Eagles certainly have more than we anticipated a few weeks ago do you expect a really aggressive Howie this offseason because there's two types of Howie there's the more kind of lay in the weeds and we do little things some years and then there's the big go for the big swings Howie what are you expecting when free agency opens here
8: I think the Eagles are going to be very aggressive. I think this is the most cap space they've had since I started covering the team. I mean, but depending on what happens with Reddick, which I'm sure we'll you know, maybe hear something about today, but uh, Reddick, Kevin Byard, like there are moves they can make to open space. They can have upwards of $60 million. And for Howie, that is an absurd amount of cap space. That is like, you know, twice what he's normally working with. And I think also when you look at where they're at, the defensive side of the ball, Needs an influx of immediate talent. Like they, they maybe they'll draft a linebacker, maybe they'll draft a safety, but you can't expect those guys to be impact players week one. They need an impact corner, probably. They need two impact safeties, arguably maybe two impact linebackers. They need help on the defensive line. Uh, if Kelsey retires, they might need help on the offensive line. So they can't address all these all these needs through the draft. So with that cap space, I think they will be very aggressive in going out and getting players that can help for them snap one week one next season
4: speaking of the draft Elliot, like since you're there in, in indianapolis what are you going to be focusing on or what do you think the eagles are going to be focusing on with that first pick that they have in the first round
8: it's a great question so i, I think that the the combine is a draft event obviously but i i think that a lot of what I, at least i'll be focusing on is like more pro personnel stuff um you have every gm here you have every head coach a lot of agents are here like this is when a lot of deals get done so for me, this is kind of the the beginning of the drafting, and you start paying attention to it more, but I think this is mostly about, like, Hassan Reddick and what Jason Kelsey's going to do. Mm, but okay. from a draft perspective, if you look at that uh, pick in the first round, I think they're probably going to go with the lines. Um, you know, they need help on the offensive line if Kelsey does retire. They need, arguably, a tackle to develop for Lane, um, you know, if he does retire in the next few years. And you look on the defensive line, they need maybe uh, one new starting defensive tackle, Depending on what happens with Reddick, maybe an edge rusher. So I think that, you know, in the first round, I would look at lines. Obviously, we'll see who the best player on the board is. You know, that that, that can shape itself in a bunch of different ways. But I think line is where they'll go in that first pick.
3: Elliot, typically, I wouldn't even ask this question because I would know the answer. But I I also know that supply and demand changes things in the NFL. Do you think this could be the year that the Eagles. Pay, and I'm not talking about a lot of money, but just pay veteran money to a running back. To All these guys are out there. No one's getting tagged. I mean, it tells me these guys' prices are probably going to be suppressed by the market. Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard. Obviously, DeAndre Swift was here last year. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins. There's a lot of huge names at running back. Do you think this could be a year they use some of that cap space and sign a running back?
8: I, th- I think they could. I mean, you look, Austin Eckler is out there. Mm-hmm. He has a, a history with Kellen Moore, so there would be some advantage there to bringing him in. Um, I don't think any of these guys are going to get paid uh, big money. So, yeah, I, whoever they do sign, I think we'll probably look at that contract and say, all right, that's less than we thought. But, yeah, I, I think with you know Swift on the market, but even outside of Swift, like if you look at that whole running back room, you could argue they need an entire new running back room. Like Boston Scott is a nice player. He's not been an impact player for them in any major way. Kenny Gainville I thought was a bit of a disappointment last year. Then obviously you we know, Rashad Penny barely played, so I think there's a world where they could bring Swift back, and then also maybe pay for someone like a Derrick Henry, who is probably going to be more situational where he goes, as opposed to looking for you know a last big paycheck. Um, and you know Philadelphia, I think, is still viewed as a place where players want to come because they think they can win. So I, I think you know Derrick Henry is a possibility there.
3: Elliot Sure Parks joining us live from the NFL Combine, Sirianni and how we're going to speak next hour. We'll carry it right here on the show. Elliot, uh, last time we heard from Sirianni and Howie, they were together, right? It was that end-of-season press conference. What, what you, If you had to guess today, just based on everything that's happened over the last month, all the stories have been out there, AJ on WIP on Friday, do you think more of these questions today as the off season uh, you know begins are going to go to Howie or to Nick today? What, what do you think the tone of this thing is going to be like?
8: So they do speak separately, okay. for what it's worth. Uh, I, I believe it's Howie first and then it's Nick. So. Um, yeah that dynamic will be much different but you know to your point about it having been a while like I do think now they've had time to reflect on it when they spoke at the end of the season I know it was a week after but they just fired the coordinator the season had just ended how he talked about you know how the mood in the building after that loss was was a bad one so I think that today there's a chance to only talk about the future but maybe get some perspective on kind of rehashing what did happen because They've had more time to digest it. They've had time to think about it more. They've had time to watch more film as to what happened. I think there's less emotion involved now. So, yeah, I mean, they, they speak separately, but I, I'm interested to see what they say when they do speak separately as opposed to being up there together, you know, right at the end
6: of the season.
3: Elliot, let's end with this, as we'll let you go so you can get ready for these press conferences. What uh, What is Indianapolis like in downtime? Are you one of those reporters that goes to St. Elmo's? Do you end up there? Because that's the place everyone talks what, what about. What is St. Elmo's? It's like a steakhouse, right? I think it is, at least. Wasn't
4: it Shula's at one
8: point? I think Shula there, ha- Don Shula
3: has a steakhouse. It's still there. I don't know about that, but I know Saint Elmo's is a thing. Ellie, T- you tell us about Indianapolis. Well,
8: <laughs> so first of all, it's like seventy degrees here, which is surprising. It's I did pretty not warm here it. too. Yeah, did not expect it to be so nice. So yeah, I mean a lot of the a lot of the stuff at the combine, I think what people will tell you and it's true is it does happen at night. Like all, Indianapolis, you know, this isn't L.A. There's not a, a wide variety of places to go. So there's only two or three bars people really go to. Um, yeah, so it'll probably be a bit of a late night. We'll see, you know, as long as it's not the company dime, it can be a late night. So we'll, Wait a minute. Uh, we'll what, what happens
4: that night, though? Because you said it like it goes down. Loose lips. Is well, that yeah, what everyone, it is? Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know everyone's that. Out. Everyone's out. Everyone's out. No, I'm just saying. When you I'm say it goes down, it, to me, that sounds like something different. You know, I'm just asking.
3: I think Elliot was some of the trade rumors. I didn't know.
4: How about that D, baby? <laughs> I didn't know. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to, you know. Your perspective. I mean, I, I, look, I, I think I think you would enjoy Indianapolis at night if you sure Oh, I have. I got. Yeah, I'm gonna, a a I'm a gonna year tell the story. I'm gonna tell Joe a time. story about my rookie year when when we get off there that I can't tell. Oh, I'm excited there. to turn on the Odyssey.
8: Happen here that <laughs> no, one. No, you
3: probably
4: yeah, won't it, hear it on the Odyssey. It,
8: it, app. Indianapolis is a is a cool town, but yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a fun night.
3: All right, Elliot, we appreciate it. Enjoy uh, Indianapolis and whatever you do tonight, and uh, and we'll be checking out this press conference coming up soon. Thank you, Elliot.
8: Yep, sounds good. Okay, sounds.
3: There he goes. Elliot. tripparks Go Birds podcast, of course, and. Clap your hands on the Sixers. It is true. Like it, it, the combine is for these prospects, but really, it's the beginning of the offseason because all of these GMs hang out together. And I think last year that trade—remember when the uh, the Panthers moved up to get the number one pick—that mm-hmm. those conversations start at the combine because they're all you know hanging out together. I
4: wonder who's hanging out with Jim Ursay though. Like, well, who he hanging out?
3: With. Well, to use a phrase you like to use, he's
4: different. <laughs> no, I'm just Jim's saying. different. Like, do you look at like like seriously all jokes aside? Do you look at GMs different? Or owners different when you see them actually at the bar with Jim Ursay. Yes. Because you know that they about to be turned up a few notches. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like, what I'm like. In terms of NFL owners, he's not you know, not not your number one guy.
9: But in terms of partiers, like, no, he's well, got to be a, the top.
4: I'm going to old saying that we used to have back in the day when I was young. Crunk. He gets <laughs> super crunk. <laughs> so what you're saying is if Howie is pictured hanging out with Ursay tonight. I'm he, like, hold up, Howie.
3: What you doing?
4: Off-season
7: to you trouble. You know what I <laughs> mean?
4: Hold up. What you doing, Howie? What time? What time is it? It all depends on what time it is. Because if it's about twelve o'clock, how I need you to take your ass back to the room, <laughs> no, we, like for real. You need to go back <laughs> to the room. Like no, nah, no, nah, whatever you think, whatever he's talking about, take your ass back to the room.
3: Yeah, and the other thing is the combine itself has been downplayed from what it used to be because half these top prospects don't even do anything. They just show up there and get interviewed. They the don't QBs run. They don't throw anymore.
9: Or yeah. Anything. yeah. Uh, so actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Hugh, this time where Jim Irsay's down getting crunk. Might be the best time to start negotiations, like for Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> et cetera. Ooh.
4: It all depends. On how That's actually con- an interesting idea. It, if, if It just feels like. <laughs> Jim, we'll give the, you a sixth. <laughs> no, it just, it just feels like as the night progresses, the conversations get a little stranger and stranger. I'm I'm not I'm just saying it just feels like it has the potential to be that way. Do you think it's
3: against like the GM code to go to the bar with all the other GMs, not have anything to drink, and then start talking trades with your your brethren that have been drinking for a few hours. I think it is probably against the code.
4: (laughs) It just feels like like this is the time they let their hair down. And I would I wouldn't mind going to the combine and seeing what that looked like. Like an unwritten rule? Like yeah, that you they don't, get don't take advantage
9: down. of drunk general managers yeah. and make. I'm pretty sure
4: there's it some conversations, some real, real candid ones, that are happening. You got scouts there and everything. It's it's probably, it's probably wild.
3: So, are we asking to go next year? I mean, they sent Ellie. I,
4: I, you know what? I wanted to go this year. I just forgot to get around to asking because you know I have other priorities, like trying to find a, a place. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, how's how they, that going? It ain't going. To Update down. now. They ain't ain't nothing checking. checking. I, I didn't
3: want to tell you because I didn't want to make you, you feel bad. But Tucker, who, who works on our digital stuff, mm-hmm. he, he came in here a few minutes ago. He bought a house this weekend. Oh, good for Tucker. Yeah, it's congratulations. His first home, but like he got one.
4: You hey, got it. The, the way you said it, though, it just they, it just. It I'm just saying just that like right one here, of our right colleagues got you know, a house. Like, Tuck, if you take a video of this right here, dog, <laughs> it hurts. Right here. Uh, the what? heart, right no, there. It was supposed to encourage you. It's not <laughs> impossible. You can do it, too. Yeah, the heat is on. Yeah. Yeah, the heat, everyone here is getting houses. <laughs> I've got too comfortable, man. Like, see, listen, if, if I was in a committed relationship, this wouldn't even be a problem. Uh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Because there is not a woman out there, a good woman, that's going <laughs> to allow me to, <laughs> to, to live the way that I'm living. I ain't in here every day with food, eating good. And I'm out here, I'm I'm meal to meal on a regular. I need I'm a figure it out though. I know you are. I we out. believe that. All I'm right, too, two, old
3: I'm too old for this. 94. I think a lot of people probably felt that way by the end of the <laughs> Eagles season. I'm too old for this nonsense. Let's go back to the phones here. One question for Sirianni or Howie today that you knew you'd get the answer. Truth serum. And I do like they're speaking separately today. That that does because I, th- I think when they speak together. It's like all the questions just go to Howie, and then Sirianni just sits there, and or or you know what was it the other time uh, when they spoke in January? Remember when Howie had to jump in and rescue Sirianni? Like, hey, whoa, ask whoa, me, whoa, one. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. me one, yeah, give me one. Now I like that they're speaking separately today, and of course, you're feeling <laughs> did we overreact in the Eagle season? Mad Mike is up. Oh, yeah. I know he's got a question for these here, guys. Here we go. What's up, Mike? Hey, how are we doing today, guys? Good, Mike.
7: I, I was My question there. for Howie would be: What kind of incriminating evidence do you have on Jeffrey that you still have their job, nerd.
3: Well, I would love for you to get that question through, just to see how he handles that one, Mike. And guess what? Yeah, None yeah. of us, even after a tough ending, nobody feels his job is anywhere close to being in Jeopardy. That's <laughs> the craziest he, part.
4: The nerd, the nerd part is the one that got me when yeah. you called him a nerd. Because
7: <laughs> he is a nerd. He's, like a, <laughs> he's just like a nerdy guy that just keeps looking in the mirror. I'm a football guy, I swear. And I just like, that's what, how I see him. He's just like a nerd. that shouldn't be there. Um, here's my thing. You know the, the the top bev on Joel Embiid, like that's just kind of like cinches it up for me on M- 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 Embiid's mentality. He doesn't care about the game; he just cares about the accolades. So, like it's what I've been calling calling this guy out for years, Joe. Like especially on your show, like this guy's just a fraud. He doesn't really care. He just wants money and accolades, and doesn't care about the game. Yeah, he's a great and,
3: he's a great player, but not a championship player. It's it's so obvious as the years go on. That's that's what he is. Yeah.
7: And, and I know everybody, you know, respects Howard Eskin and and such, but I, I'm sorry. The fact that you collect a paycheck from the Eagles, anything you say about the Eagles, I can't believe. Like, you take a check from the Eagles, I can't believe anything you say. So automatically, everything you say, I believe the opposite.
3: Well, I, and then here's what I'll say about that. Mike, appreciate it. We love Howard. I don't even know if that's actually true. I mean, I, Howard works for WIP. I know he's the silent reporter for the Eagles, but he's on – the Eagles radio network at WIP. Look, I, I, I. Here's what I'll say on nice. this. I trust what Howard says, especially when he talks to people, and we'll go with that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. David is up next on WIP. What's up, David?
6: Hey, good afternoon, David. What's up,
3: man? What's up, buddy?
6: Where you been, we oh, You took the day off. I was. I was out yesterday, David. Know, he was
3: ducking the you. smoke. Yeah, I, I know. I, I ran away I from. You. you
6: know what? You know what happened in the working field when you take a day off, especially on a Monday. And what happens? You work Friday. What happens? You don't get paid for working Monday, so you're working for free today, my man.
4: Mm, I don't know about I that. One. You, I don't, I don't know. Don't know. to Work for free now. I don't, I don't think that
6: dog. <laughs> no. hunt. Yeah, that dog does not hunt, David. You work for free?
4: <laughs>
3: no, you don't. Huh? You don't work for free. Yeah, do I you? love
6: my job. Yeah, I love my job. Sometimes I'll, I'll give it to him. I'm working for free right now. But anyway, that's never the case. Happy to have you back, though.
3: Well, happy to up, talk Joe? to you. What are you thinking today,
6: David? What am I thinking? Mm-hmm. I told you this yesterday. I don't know if you had the opportunity to tune in. You see what happens when somebody says something that creates controversy, right? Mm-hmm. We had a couple callers ago. When a guy was yelling, then called A.J. Brown a fraud, All right, so now if he says nothing... He's still going to be a fraud, right?
4: They can't win that one.
6: Got gotcha. no, you. No, thank you. That's all. And I, nothing more needs to be said off of that. And speaking of frauds, i seen the Cam Newton thing. But I think on this tip here, I think the Eagles need to really sit down to ain't those no squares at the round table and have a heart-to-heart conversation. Because here's my question for Sirianni: Are you calling the plates? If you're not calling the plays, what is your point and your purpose? Well, he's reshuffling, he's reshuffling all the core, the core values. values.
3: That's important, David. <laughs> you got to reshuffle him. David, man, we, we appreciate it. He's not calling the plays, by the way. Kellen Moore is going to call the plays. I, I think we know that already. Have we overreacted to the way the Eagles season ended? It is our Twitter question. Sponsored by the PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing others see when they meet you. Learn about it, and schedule your evaluation at PIDentalCenter.com. Now, this is an interesting poll result today. Have we overreacted to the way the Eagles season ended? I expected, and maybe it's just because of the way everyone is kind of on guard here after the A.J. Brown interview, that, you know, leave A.J. Brown alone, leave the Eagles alone. I expected a different response to this poll question today. Kyle, 67% of the people so far in this poll believe we have not overreacted, which means the reaction which has been all sorts of ways, but just a lot of reaction for two months, has been totally appropriate. Yeah, I like to
9: think of the the, the people who are just clicking the poll and keeping their mouth shut as the more, you know, intelligent <laughs> bunch of the group. I, I agree. I mean look the, the, like if we're being completely honest about all this, the dumbest are usually the loudest mm. and the the, <laughs> the reaction that we've seen to a lot of I this, thought you
3: were gonna hit the Y sounder well, as you did then. <laughs> I mean, uh, I look, I,
9: you know how we, we all feel about some of the reaction that this has gotten. I, but I think the, the poll results today more accurately reflect what the fans really think about this team. And that's that we want answers to all of this. And that's all we've wanted from the beginning. And we still are without those answers. So people are still a little bit upset with that. They have the press conference
3: coming up today. And they want to hear uh, what how Nick's answers are for why this all fell apart. Do you think we're actually ever going to get answers? Nope. No. I don't either. Here's what I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get actions that will give us glimpses into answers. Here's what I mean by that, Hugh. I think they're going to get rid of somebody or move on from someone or let someone go that might surprise some people. And I'm not trying to be a Craig Carter. I'm just just looking at the free agents and the guys they could trade away. I just think they're going to move on from a player or two, shake things up a little bit. And you know what that's going to tell us? Maybe that player was the cancel. Or was just upset or or what the wasn't meshing. I I always think actions speak louder than words. How he's gonna talk, we're gonna air it. He's not gonna tell us who he's trading this offseason. He's not gonna tell us who he's going after, but we'll get a glimpse and a sense from him and Sirianni on what direction they're going. 215-592-9494. We'll come back. At your phone calls a lot to hit in the one o'clock hour, including. Sirianni and Howie, live at the podium in Indianapolis. We'll bring it to you. Have we overreacted to the end of the Eagles season? All coming up, Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?